Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, a.k.a. Escaping the Matrix. In this Tech Talk episode, I welcome on my special guest, Moses West of the Moses West Foundation, an innovator of the atmospheric water machine. His mission is is water is all around us. And so driven by our goal, their goal is to provide drinking water to all people. His atmospheric water generation technology provides clean and safe drinking water using the AWG technology itself. So they extract moisture from the atmosphere to create water for average everyday people, something that we need. That's our lifeline. And I'm happy to have him onto the show. So thank you for coming on, Moses. And thank you for accepting the invite. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's, it's a great pleasure to be here. So, yeah, let's start from the beginning. So you got into the, you always saw yourself as being in the military. I did do some research on you. So you saw yourself being in the military from being a kid and you got into being a ranger. So how do you, how does an ex-ranger want to get into doing humanitarian things? Well, to me, it was a simple transition. I think we all, we all grow up with a foundation with a, we, we grow up with a foundation here, uh, Judeo-Christian values. And so we, to do, to be a ranger or to be in the military and to be good at what you do, it takes, uh, it takes a skill. It takes a lot of energy to be that uh, good at what you do and to be that destructive. And so what I decided to do, going back on those foundational beliefs that we have, I said, if I can be that good at being that destructive, I can be that good at being uh, being creative. So I took all of that energy that it took to be a good ranger or a good soldier, and I focused that energy onto doing some good in the world. So basically, the way a ranger operates, you know, I'm now I'm a ranger for the humanities. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's one of the things I always talk about too. Because one of, one of the biggest things I push on my program, even when I'm out giving speeches in the community, I'm like, we have to move past our religious differences, our race differences, so we can work towards the sake of humanity, so we can see our next stage of evolution. Because I'm like, we're perfect at creating things to destroy lives, but we need to get better at doing things to make lives better for the average people. And what you're doing is something phenomenal. Because like even what you said in one of your on your ads that you know water is our lifeline everybody has to have water even in in throughout history when we migrated we migrated towards what water <laughs> so to have access to it and then for your machine just to pull it from the atmosphere itself that is something awesome and it's, it's I'm, that's why I was happy to get you on and even talk about it in more detail so with AWG when did you decide when did you actually get started with it oh the I got started when I was, um, I think the the first ideas of finding a sustainable way to live in harmony with nature and to, to live and use technology to live in a way that we lived, um, you know, 100 years ago or 200 years ago. We can do that with technology so far as our water or growing food indoors. The first time I actually started to to truly focus on that was when I was living in Australia. I lived in Australia for 11 years. Uh, I think I was a I was a travel bum there for a long time after I got out of the military, um, and I decided I wanted to see the entire world. So I lived in between Australia, Hawaii, Italy, Germany, 
Scandinavia, and I just I just travel the world for for an extended period of time, and I saw the common thread that tied everyone together: the thread of water, food, and shelter. It was the same everywhere, but I could see how some people had an abundance and climate change was taking it away from others who had an abundance. Mm-hmm. It, the, I could see, I could see the entire world. Cause I was, I, I have flown around the entire planet 20, probably 25 times. I've circled the entire globe in a plane. And so I was able to see this bigger picture and, and I knew that they, I needed to try to do something to help mitigate what I was seeing. So I started out thinking about rainwater capture, mm-hmm. and that's great. But if it's not raining all the time, it's not great. Right. And then living in Australia, it was it was hot and humid all the time up on the Gold Coast, up in Crocodile Country. Yep. And and uh, you get up towards um, towards Cairns. I mean, it's it's incredibly humid all the time, year round. And. Uh, and then Hawaii. And so then and I saw I, I started out in rainwater capture. And then I saw this technology in Hawaii in a little machine. And then I decided I could make a big machine. Also, you saw that somebody else, I think I did see that in, um you talking about the history of it. Somebody else had it in a small you said a smaller unit in Hawaii, right? So Right. Yeah, in my next door neighbor. It's funny. The next door neighbor. If you ever look at watch Magnum PI, there's a little boy in Magnum PI that played in a lot of the episodes. And you showing our age, that, man. That little boy grew. That little boy grew up into a man, and that was the next door neighbor who showed me that machine. He was actually the little kid who played the the, the kid on Magnum PI. That was your neighbor. That was my wow. next door neighbor. <laughs> Yeah, I love Magnum PI. Wow. Yeah, the little boy that that was that was the guy who just you know one day invited me in and showed me the machine. So how did he get introduced to it? Did he tell you? Right. Yes, he did because uh, these these little Chinese machines and uh, they uh, in Kata, Taiwan they they build these little plastic uh, bubbler machines that make uh, a couple of liter liters of water a day. You can plug it into your 110 outlet at home, and it and it makes water. It's very energy intensive. People don't know that, but um, it, it it made really good water. And I remember tasting the water, thinking it was absolutely fantastic. But I said, I thought about it for a second. I said, you know, that's great. But if I was only five inches tall standing next to this, that's what I'd want to have. <laughs> and if if I could shrink myself down, this is absolutely possible. Right. Or if you just can expand this machine, and that's what I did. So I you got with some engineers. That thing bigger. Yeah, I was gonna say you got with engineers to figure out how to make it bigger. So how how did that go about? Well, that came about because I when I when I had my first company, I was building these machines for the military. I started out and I built the uh, the the large system that went to Puerto Rico and to Flint. Well, I, I had those machines on a mil, on a military basis for years, for all, I think all, uh, over a year, and uh, we would move those machines around, and there would they would always leak, 
they would uh, <laughs> the HVAC system is not designed to move around a lot and so here's how I accidentally you know you you always have an accident which causes you to find a new discovery uh-huh lots of discoveries are found that way you'll be in the lab and you you'll have some some foul smelling mixture you'll throw that out and you you know that's the next cure for cancer (laughs) (laughs) and 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 so when i was in puerto rico i had shipped the machine there and all of that, all of those evaporators and condensers and compressors and valves and hot gas bypass valves, they're all soldered together. Well, that, they, they leak when you move those systems. And so then I would have to uh, spend, you know, a few thousand dollars getting the system back charged up and, and everything correct. Uh-huh. So I had to eliminate that. And, and in the process of sitting in Puerto Rico, that's when I designed the third generation of the technology. I designed it because I got um, I got tired of repairing these machines. And I had to figure out a way to do it where uh, to limit the, the size of the HVAC. And I, I did that. And in the process, I, I discovered how to make this thing the size of a in the New Orleans Superdome. Oh, wow. So now... Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. that that's what that's the, that's the magic behind... That's really the magic behind what I do. Uh, the, everyone else in the world is stuck in a system that's in the size of a 20-foot or 40-foot ISO. Uh-huh. If you told, if you told me to turn the, the uh, New Orleans Superdome into an atmospheric water generator... I could do it. Now, now, because you can do that, are you the only one with the knowledge on how to do that? I, I am not sure, but um, right now I'm, I've, uh, I've got it as a trade secret. Okay. I've, uh, I've filed patents on this technology, but then when you file a patent, everybody can see it anyway. But I don't think that, uh, I don't think that many people are are looking at ways to 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 help to help the whole of society. No. Uh, people are looking at ways to make lots of money very fast. And and I'm looking at a way to help the poorest of the poor on up. I, I work from the bottom up, not from the top down. Right. That's um like we were talking about on the phone. Yeah, that's that's generally my passion is just to make sure the lowest of lowest people on the bottom of the totem pole, the people you don't generally don't even think about are just as comfortable as the ones that's not you don't have to sit close to the top, but just close enough. Because that's the ones that need a majority of the help. Exactly. I um I, I I have lots of uh, have I can, I wish I could answer all the emails that I could get, but I get to to hear what people say from all over the world, and it's heart it's heart it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It, it's heartbreaking, but a common thread is that nobody cares, no one cares. Whereas we used to care about each other in, the, in that sense, and and ensuring that everybody had water, food, and shelter. Mm-hmm. And water, food, and shelter, those are the three things that you must learn as you are first born and you're walking. It's how to source water, food, and shelter. 
Yeah, you sound like we're in the, um, I mean, you, you sound like we're in the same age bracket. And it's like when myself, like my story, I come from the deep south. Like I come from, out of, I don't know if you're familiar with Georgia, from Macon, Georgia, but it's like the deep south. I, and I'm from Georgia. Oh, are you? Are you a Georgia boy? Yeah, I'm from Columbus. Okay, no, I didn't know that. Are you, you from the country too? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you ever heard of Katala? No, I haven't heard of that, uh-uh. Oh, okay, that that's a, it's so little. It's uh, just outside of Columbus. How about Phoenix City, Alabama? Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Phoenix City, Alabama, uh, Station Fort Benning, uh, my grandma, all my aunts and uncles. Everybody lives right there in Columbus. Yeah, oh, wow. That's So you know then, so that's, I tell people all the time growing up in the South, <laughs> we were all about the old South. We were about community. So that's something like you didn't really have exactly. people that was hungry and then, because we at least provided them the basic things. And that's how we all grew up. And But now, nowadays, and I hate to say it, but, we, but it's the truth. A lot of people are just selfish. Everybody's out for self. And like you said early on, is they're trying to get make money off of things as opposed to doing something just for the sake of humanity in general. Yes. Look, we, what we did was, I, I, I go back to the days of living in Columbus. This, this is part of, I'm glad you asked this question because this is part of the foundation of who I am as a person and why I operate the way that I do. It's just like you said, we worked on community. There were three houses out in the in a Katala where my big ma and my uncles and aunts, Uncle Pete and Uncle Jim, my great-grandma and great-grandfather, they both, both of them died when they were well over 100. They were both, I remember them as a child, and they were both born into slavery and um, and they they escaped and I, I still remember them as a little boy and so living out there everyone there was no running water in any house this is where my mom grew up before I went to Germany I went to Germany in the early 60s when uh, my father got stationed there so I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to stay there and grow up all through my my young years. But I would go back and visit, and I still remember it from being very, very young before we went to Germany. And we had a well. You remember the well? Oh, yeah. There was a well where people had those pumps you had to prime. And then we had, a, and that was usually just put over the top of the well. And that's where everybody got water. So everybody went out and got buckets of water every day. You got buckets of water to heat up the bathe. And um, there was there was not much electricity. There's like one, one, one strand of electricity coming in the house. So all the lighting in the rooms at night was kerosene lantern. All the stoves were wood burning. Every house had um, a garden in the back. So it was it was it was a community. Yeah, we definitely. And that's that. how and that's how we lived. Yeah, so you see, you already you already know. So yeah, I can see you know why that's your passion. <laughs> so with you bringing out the your first machine, like what was the initial response to it? Um, amazement. Uh, I think I in the state of Texas, um, the the Texas Commission of Environmental Quality. I they, they get to work with lots of people every day. And one thing that they said when I was over uh, trying to get everyone to convinced to, that this technology technology was the the best thing that was ever going to happen to us. One thing that they said was your excitement is contagious. <laughs> 
I was very excited and still very excited. And that's how we got the, the, the approval process done. But when people saw it, uh, like you noticed on my machines, there's always a window where the water's produced. I always make a window because people do not believe, even as the water's coming out, they have to see it being made. And yeah. that is the only reason I put a window on the machine is so that people will just, they if, if there's a window, if, if there's no window, they will never stop asking me. They won't stop. But as soon as I put that window on a machine, oh, they just, people just sit there and they just sit for an hour just looking and say, I can't believe it. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, yeah. I had I looked at your videos. It, it is amazing because I can I can imagine that if you didn't have a window there, they'd be like, "What kind of witchcraft is this?" And you got to have some <laughs> some water stored in there somewhere to be pumping into it to uh, push it out. But yeah, it's it is amazing. Now, now that you have that, like you can't. Do, are you? Do you have plans to actually roll it out to um, communities? Yes, I, like, uh, well, right now. We have, there's communities around the world that, that need this technology. There's other companies in the space that do this as well. I have to reiterate that. And a couple of those companies I actually started. But the, the implementation of this technology, it's, I'm amazed that when I'm like on social media, people write to me and they say they've never heard about this. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the technology has been around for, for a long time. I'm not the inventor of the technology. I'm an innovator in the technology. Right. And so the way I've innovated the technology, I've innovated it to a place where it's a common technology that everybody should have in their home. Okay. And I, I see that I see that happening. And so right now, like say with the, with, my, with the Moses West Foundation, what I just did in Sand Branch was uh, today we put out a we put out a fire. We had a brush fire yesterday and when we were doing the filming today, the brush fire started up again and we just, I just plugged in the atmospheric water generator, I plugged in the pump in the tank that was sitting there. We had a few hundred gallons of water and we put the fire out. That's amazing. And yeah. it's like, you, you don't, when, I think people need to do more as far as talking about what you, cause we don't hear enough about what people are doing in the, especially when there's good things in the community and they, especially when it comes to water. That needs to be publicized more. Oh, most definitely. I, I'm sitting in a I'm sitting in a spot right now, and uh, it's it's shady here. I've got to get back out to Sand Branch and uh, continue what I'm doing there. I've got a I've got I've got a I'm built I've got a build project right now for the military, but I'm sitting right next to some people's houses and so forth in the you know in the countryside in the treated area. And a lot of these houses, they're on, they're on contaminated well water. Or some of these houses, their wells have gone dry. And, uh, but yet we've, the humidity in these, in this clump of trees here is probably 70%, 75%. So basically with the, with the pot, with the, with the sun that's hitting the roofs of the houses, that's enough, that's enough energy to produce 1,000 gallons of water every day every day that the sun is shining for these properties that I'm seeing. And that's just off of sunshine. Now, what you want to do that we're bringing out to the public, what would be your time frame on actually doing that? That you would... That you right now. Oh, now? Right now, the machine that's sitting there, it's a, 
that's in Sand Branch or any unit that I make uh, manufacture for the military, that's a the, the military units not so much because they run on the, the voltage is higher. It's uh-huh. three phase power on those, and most people don't have three phase power at their houses. It's it's, it's more efficient. But it's a it's a higher voltage. It's, it kind of be dangerous to have everybody with three, 208 or 463 phase of their homes. I hate to see. I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> no, you know, you need to be a master electrician just to play, change a plug. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and so, right now for a home, it's easy. If if there was a home builder out there today that said, "Hey, I would like to install one of these in the house," I'd say, "Okay, let's design the house together." I would build this system into the home. Oh um, well, you know that what? house would never that that house would be that house would you'd be clocking out 500 gallons of water every day just pumping it into a a sub-basement under the house the size of an Olympic swimming pool. Well, I, I'm calling you on my next house because that's the, our next house that we have and we're going to build it. We're building it out. <laughs> and we want to do like a, um, a family commune. So we want to have some land and we want to have like our, my parents and stuff. You know, people get older. Kind of like we like, like us growing up in the South. But it's, you know, it's our family. All of us just live there together. But that would be great. Especially now you said you can work with the builder. Have you worked with our builder to build that into the house? That would be phenomenal. And where do you want to build this house? Between, so you're familiar with Georgia, um, between right. uh, Conyers and close to Atlanta, like in between the areas. So my my best friend and I, my best friend, she's the, the president of Atlanta Technical College. And she pitched this to me first because she has family out of Athens and she wants to move them closer in because they're getting older and they need, you know, they need some assistance. But she so she has to travel from Atlanta to Athens all the time. So she pitched it to me. She was like, why don't we all just, you know, come together in a couple of years, get some land build it out and we all just live there together and just have lots available for other family members that potentially or close friends that want to come in and live there with us too and I'm like you know I'm cool with that but then you know I start thinking about okay well we got to do planning because all of us are engineers we got to do planning so how are we going to get water how are we going to get you know power coming in and then of course internet access now that you say that you can uh, get those machines built into the houses I'm telling you I'm going to call you <laughs> I'm going to have you come out <laughs> You you wouldn't have to you with that many people you, you I already know what you need to do because I've done it in Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, I work with uh, uh, with Tesla, and they had a solar array at uh, the hospital there, Susana Centeno. Uh huh. They had they had a, a solar array. That thing put out 460 volts of power. I was testing power across the line, and I was pulling. Uh, I was looking at a. a 505, 506, 10. 510 volts coming through. But you know, that's still fine when you're working with 460, 480. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, a little a little higher voltage. It's not bad. And so the compressor was humming like a soil machine, and that was on stored power from the sun. So if you, the system that you would put in in Georgia, my goodness. I mean, I put in a 10,000 li- 10, liter a day system, that's 2,000 gallons a day, or, or a 30,000 liter system. I just, or if let's talk gallons for a lot of folks because they, they work in gallons. So let's just say we're making you 5,000 gallons of water a day, mm-hmm. every day. Pretty much year round because it's so warm in Georgia all the time. Mm-hmm. You have a 
a week or two, like a cold snap. And, but then you, then the next day is 80 degrees. Oh. Then it goes down to 20. Then it goes back the next day is 90. <laughs> We're all experiencing that. So, so now, you could do this. Your community could be on solar and have all its water. You'd be off completely off grid. And I've already done that. Now, what's the cost associated with that? If you want to talk about that. Oh, the cost associated with that, that would be a custom design system. I mean, you're like a, like one of those, one of those big compressors like that. Uh, I'm, there's some, there's some big scrolls and then they have uh, the piston compression. The scrolls, they last a lot, lot longer and they're pretty, they're, they're very, very efficient. I mean, those, those compressors, they can run, they can run ten fifteen thousand $15,000 when you go to those, to those, uh, of those those high the high end components, but I think you could probably get in under that, and become your own water company, easy under half a million dollars. Okay, it's not bad. And but here's the other thing: you now everyone's. I have a humanitarian streak, a big one, but you still got to keep the lights on. Yeah, you could produce enough water that you could sell water. You could you could bottle your own water and sell it, and then. When you're producing that much water, vertical grow hydroponic, 100% organic fruits and vegetables, you become your own vet. You become your own fruit and vegetable company, locally grown, hydroponic, absolutely pure water. You're never going to lose a crop, and you're selling bottled water. And your only power source is the sun. Some yeah. some place in the background right now, you should there should be hearing that cash register sound. Right. <laughs> right. Especially in rural areas. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Forget about shipping everything all the way from California. You could grow it locally, vertical grow, indoor operation, have your own pure water source, leave the groundwater alone, no rainwater capture unless you just want to do it just for the fun of it and, and produce all this off of sunlight. That is net zero in a nutshell. Yeah, and I'm all for that. I, I talk with a lot of um, farmers around the area. Matter of fact, I'm good friends with some people that started a community farm out here in Georgia, in DeKalb County. So, yeah, they will love that. Um, that will be great for them as well, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Okay, uh, people say, oh, is this possible? Can we do this? Okay, when I was in Puerto Rico, the first time I deployed with the system, making over a 1,000 gallons a day, we were doing it on solar power. We had a satellite uplink. We had a military guard. It was inside of a small federal compound. We supplied 5, 000, over 5,000 people with drinking water, 5,000 families, individuals. Each one of those had three, four people at home. FEMA did, FEMA did not have to ship any bottled water to, to the Yankees because I was there with a big machine giving away thousands of gallons of water free giving it away free it's a wonder that you know when we have these disasters especially like they got the wildfires going out out west in california are they contacting you or do they even do you are they trying to reach out to you at all the individual the individual homeowners do um i i work um when you look at how we work together in the military we're a very close-knit group of people. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. We always say to each other, you, we are all green. Right. We are all green. And we, and we all believe the same. 
And so it's um, uh, there should be more contact. Uh, I've done enough uh, presentations and seminars about this with folks, but uh, I think the, the the corporate aspect of it to get in get in front of it and to in the desire to make a maximum amount of profit, they don't want to. They, they people really don't want to talk to a humanitarian. Yeah, because you're dangerous. You're talking about giving something away for uh-huh. free. Yeah. Uh huh. That's a that's a that you're you're a disruptor. You're um that that's they consider that being revolutionary in a uh, in a market a market economy. And your technology works too. Yes, you're you're a threat. <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm going back to, to to going back to my 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 little Tony Stark cave, and I'm gonna get, you know build these systems out for the military. And and this this new system that I'm building right now, uh, this is this is a this is the one that I when I'm sitting here in the city in Sand Branch, I just came up with it. I know exactly what to build for your home now. Exactly. This, for the next natural disaster, if somebody wanted wanted one of my machines. You can put this thing in the back of a pickup truck, go hit a button, start it, come back the next day and have 100, 300 gallons of water. Also, you can make it at any size. Mm-hmm. But I make, I, I know right now after being in Sand Branch, this, I know it had not only has, it has to be the water generator, it has to be the exact same thing that I built, similar to what I built in uh, for Puerto Rico and Flint. Uh-huh. But it's got to be smaller and mobile. But it can't be twenty six thousand pounds like those systems. Those systems were heavy, and I cannot believe I, I went all those years maneuvering those things and driving those forklifts and cranes by myself. A lot of times, I'll never do that again. So now I'm lying. I'm yes, lying. I'll would. do it again. I said, just tell the truth, Moses. You know you got to do it again. <laughs> so. What can people do to make others aware of your tech? Well, look, when when people donate, say when you donate to the Moses West Foundation, there there's a couple of things that I do with that foundation. And then one is is I bring awareness. I come out to a place like Sam Branch. We uh, we just did a thing with NBC that'll air next week. Uh, some other people want to do documentaries. I'm not really interested in. I'm not really interested in that. I'm not. Um, really? No, not really. No, uh, there's just too much work to do. Uh, I mean, you don't have I a camera maybe, crew following you around. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, it, brother, I say do I, it. I, if it was me and the service that you do, I say do it because I want to see your stuff everywhere. It's disruptive as it is. I want you to disrupt the system because especially when it comes to power, like I'm I'm a huge Tesla person, like Nikola Tesla person. I think power mm-hmm. should be free. And that's what he was designing. But Einstein had a different idea, and that's who they went with. Capitalism with Einstein as opposed to Nikola Tesla. You have something that's yes. freely provided by this earth. I mean, yes, upfront costs, that's fine. But you're talking about the long term, long term of it. So, and you talking about water going forward is coming straight from the atmosphere alone. So, I say do it. You know, you, yeah, you got the inconvenience of camera crew following you around everywhere and just talking to you and getting all in your business. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I would rather have I would rather have a hundred. I would rather have ten systems sitting in a field 
a hundred students come up, and those hundred students and I uh, sit there and go through the go through the technology and uh-huh. every step of it, every phase of it. Go, go with them, watch them deploy with the system, interact with the people in the neighborhood, uh-huh. and I, I, that, and then let them tell their own stories about it. Also, oh, you wouldn't teach it. Let, yeah, almost definitely. Oh, well, then you and I need to talk after this call then. <laughs> yeah. Because I, mean, I, I can help with that. that. I mean, I've, t- I've taught class security classes across the world. So, I mean, hey, yeah, you're not talking after this call. Because right now, up in, um, when I'm, when I'm putting together these systems, I, I train the military folks. They come out, when, but now I've made them so simple they don't really need any training on them. But uh, just, just mainly go, taking a system. I say when I build the build up the Sand Branch units from the information I got from this deployment. Uh-huh. When the hurricane hits, if two guys came up, or you know, a group of people came up, guys and girls came up, and they said we want to we want to take a machine down with a foundation and with another group, and we want to make water for people. I in the in the foundation, I would just give them the machine from from donated money. They here. Go do what you need to do with it. If you have any problems, you know, call call back to our tech support, and the guys will. There's nothing's going to go wrong with it, and and that's it. And then when it needs to be serviced, just bring it back. That's Y'all hear it here. The Moses is not about the money. Moses is about the people, and Moses want to help the people. That's why I love to hear. Look, we're in the trouble that we're in right now because everybody's been thinking about nothing but money. I mean, we have people that can't, we, people can't pay their rent. People can't eat food. But I'm telling you what, somebody's, somebody's getting rich. Yep. But people at the expense the of everybody else. Exactly. Yep. I, you know, I, I, I was, we were talking earlier when I was on site out there before I we left, where our, the communication was spotty. And I told you how hot it was. I told you the cameraman almost had to pass out. We had to spray him with the water from the water generator to get to to get it in his clothes because he was going down. That's how hot it is, and I see people walking down the side of the road in those temperatures because they cannot afford gas. I mean, just um, we need. I, I mean, I just look at what can be done with it. Like we have so many people that's homeless. <laughs> You could have, this. Oh. This could be water for those homeless people to bathe with, and to drink, and to cook with. Do you, do you know if if you if you made a community for homeless people and you had this technology, and now there's a lot of things you have to do to clean up a lot of folks. There's a lot of folks that are homeless. Be that I mean, there were I'm not. A, there, I just read a story in the New York Times about a, P, a PhD, a lecturer, out of, out of Boulder, Colorado who is now couch surfing. She's staying with friends because she can't afford rent. She's she's a lecturer. Mm-hmm. She, she, so she's living, she has to live with people because she can't make ends meet. So she's got a wonderful pool of friends. But that's, you know, those are more the exceptions. But then you have people who, when they're disenfranchised, they fall into alcohol, drugs, despair. Mm-hmm. And now that that's uh, that can be taken care of, but they need to have they need to have not they need to have water, food, and shelter to get to a better place. Right. Part of the reason why they're in the place the, the drug might have got them there 
or the lack of money might have got them there. And then they anesthetize themselves by self-medicating. But once, once people have access to water and the ability to grow their own food and get closer to nature, nature heals everything. It does. Nature it does. It can heal the human spirit. As techy as I am, I say this that all is the time. all off of sunlight. Yes, yes. I, I there's a thing that I do. It's a it's a I go out into the middle of nowhere uh, into to the Grand Canyon. I go all the way from the top down to the bottom. I sit down at the bottom of the Grand Canyon and I'm, I meditate for you know an hour or two, and then I have to walk ten miles to get out and one mile up. But it's it's a great it's a great uh, way to clear your mind. See, I'm glad you said that too, because I'm a huge advocate of meditation and just clearing out the junk and stuff for the day. And, and granted, I don't do it every day as I should. My therapist would tell me that all the time I need to do it more, but still, just to sit down and go into a quiet space, I don't care if it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, even if you can do it for an hour, just to clear out your mind for the day helps out and goes a long way. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it goes a long way, but you also have to... You have to watch what you put into your into your mind, uh, what you what you look at, what you read. Um, there's one thing that I've noticed is like when I when I turn off all types of uh, of news or, or opinion, yeah, the thought process is much clearer. You can see you can see the things that you need to do, and you can see a society in a different way. Like we talk about how we're so racially divided and politically divided in the United States. If you're, if I'm not watching anything like that on television, and then I go into a, an, an all-white establishment, I feel absolutely nothing. And then you have a normal conversation with somebody, and they have a normal conversation with you back. Some people, you can't help them. But for the most part, I see that we have more things in common than we have in, in difference, uh, differences. We have more in common, but it takes a conversation to take place between two or more people to find that common ground and where we can all get along. So I there's mean, a lot of divide and conquer right now. It is, and it's, that's the insanity behind it. Because even, I mean, because I grew up with racism, but and I'm like, it's, it's wild to me because at the end of the day, we all suffer the same way. We all have a need for healthcare. We all have a need for for healthy food. We all have a need for power. We all value having our children grow up in a safe community and having great education. We all value and have a need for the exact same thing. That's why I'm like, I don't understand the differences, period. Because even you said just to try to find it, I don't think you necessarily really have to find it because we all struggle with the same problems. I mean, you all struggle with the same issues. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. And so... Today, I think what uh, what I see a lot of what, what I see a lot of is I just it's the divisions that that I see are 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 monumental, but uh, I don't think it's anything that it can't be overcome. Oh no, no, nope. It's just we having just the will to, to do so. We just need to hit a little the will to do so and we just need to reset I just and people just need to kind of step away from uh, 
step away from the information, the, um, the the slant of the information that's put out. So that's why when I, especially when I talk about the technology, the I don't say like I have the best thing in the world. I I do something that a lot of people do, but I do it in a way that is more socially friendly. Mm-hmm. But I can do it better than a lot of people. <laughs> I just know how to make it bigger. That's it. I, I I I can't I can't wait till someone just comes up and says, "Hey, here's the funds. Make a system that does a hundred thousand gallons a day." I said, "Okay, let's go down to Florida. Let's go down to the Gulf Coast. Let's go down to South Georgia. Uh, let's go down to L.A. Lower Alabama." Oh, they would love you know? it, uh, Savannah or Valdosta. <laughs> oh my goodness, God. Valdosta down that way. Yeah, we could we could just be. And there's not a moonshiner in the world that would just not love this water. Yep. <laughs> oh man, you get some clean, <laughs> clean water too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so it's like a, even like a, a company who does spirits. I mean, the one of the things that, that always messes up a batch of anything is the. Uh, is the consistency of the water. And here you can tailor your absolutely pure water. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's some funny stuff. <laughs> I actually know some well. Yeah. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna convict myself, but I do know some moonshiners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a common thing. It's a common thing down south. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very common. Yeah, what we'll do is, because uh, a lot of people have asked, they want to, when I get back up into, uh, up in Illinois, and uh, what I'll do is I definitely need to just have some people come up. A lot of the universities have asked and want to see what we do. And so I could definitely set something up. But I, uh, right now, this has been, uh, been at Sand Branch for a long time, talking to people about the technology, setting it up, and and now it's it, it's time to build those systems now that everyone's aware and build those systems and get them back to them. And so that's where people need to donate to the foundation, to the Moses West Foundation. So tell people again, as we wind down, how they can reach out to you and again, how they can even donate to your, because you need all the funds that you can get. Like I'm always pitching for political candidates. How can people find you on social media and find your website and then how can they donate to your cause? You go to, if you go on Instagram, you go to Moses West Foundation on Instagram. And up there in the bio, there's a GoFundMe up there in that corner. Just hit that GoFundMe and just donate whatever you would like to. Then on the MosesWestFoundation.org, MosesWestFoundation.org, there's a donate button right there on the page. And you can donate right there as well. And it's a 501c3. It's tax deductible. And I write I write letters to every person that donates. And I, I actually do those personally. And I send them back. Yeah, he's not that's, lying. That's, that's my evening job. I sent him an email and he responded back to me. I didn't get an assistant. I didn't get nobody else on his team. He, he contacted me directly. Well, I, I gotta I've, I've gotta go through the I go through the emails and um, there's um, you you have you have I, I try to write back to as many folks as I can but we've got a team that's about to come on and it's a we've got a large team of people that are about to come on and start helping with answering some of these questions because we're going into a very troubling time right now with the climate and and did, did you know that uh, Europe started burning coal again? No, I didn't know that. They started burning coal. Yep, they got off natural gas. They're burning coal. I, I just, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. 
Why go backwards? We're going to reach. We're, well, the natural gas is cut off. So. Oh, from. Okay. Yeah. The war. Yeah. So this is this right now where we're at, like all the donations that come in where I've got to I've got to put some machines out. I've got to put some machines out. And so, like, when you have a community when everybody's very affluent in the community and they decide they want to go and help someone when a hurricane hit, they want to buy bottled water, they don't need to buy bottled water. What they need to do is purchase one of these machines and go down there. And every year they can go down there and just replace bottled water with one of these machines and help people. Well, I want them to stop that because, I mean, what happens with bottled water and we start having waste from the plastics, right? Oh, but we, we've, got, we've got a couple of big plastic patches in the sea and they're not getting any smaller. No, because we have the island that's floating around in the sea now because of that. Absolutely. A couple of them. Yep. A couple of them. One off California, one off, uh, off of Asia. And uh, I, I knew about the Pacific Island plastic patch back in uh, 2001, 2002. They were talking about it down in Australia. And then I've been in several beaches around the world. I was up in a beach off of the English Channel. The whole beach was covered in plastic. We have beaches in Hawaii right now. When you go to the beach in Hawaii, I'm serious. I am. Hawaii is very small when you look at the whole picture of the world planet. Mm-hmm. The entire beach is covered in three, four feet of plastic. You can't even see the beach. You scoop it away, you come back the next day, it's there. And that's just Hawaii catching it on one side. That's terrible. That is, un- that is unsustainable. It is. And it's like, you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm about to get on my soapbox, but we're talking about leaving and populating other planets. So I'm like, we haven't even solved the problems on our own planet. We're going to take the pollution from this planet and go and populate another planet and pollute that one as well, too. So that's why I get in trouble for saying my, my thought about that. I, I just, sometimes I just think, no, nah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people who want to take off and go, it's like, hey, you need any volunteers to help you build your rocket? <laughs> I, I got I got some spare time. Let me help you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh but now one thing I ask for all of my guests before they uh when they come onto the show and they leave we leaving this closing down the show is just leave uh with a positive thought. So if you can give a word of encouragement to the listeners, because I'm sure you have one coming from the south, you being a Georgia boy, I know you have a word of encouragement for everybody. Nothing is impossible, but some things are just highly improbable, but not impossible. And there's no such thing as a problem, just opportunities. Amen to that. No, there's no problems. It's only an opportunity to do better. Well, thank you again, Moses, for uh, for coming on. My word of encouragement is to go along with what Moses is doing. Success will come if, if you just keep on trying. Because like Moses just said, there is no problems. There's only, you know, to me, there's a, there's no problem, only a solution to a question that has not been answered. Right. An opportunity to do better. Yep. So thank you again. I am Antonio Hicks, Mr. Escaping the Matrix. I thank him again for coming on and introducing my listeners to this tech because a lot of people I've been talking to have not heard anything about this. So I'm a nerd and I want to nerd out some more on learning how he does this tech. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Love you guys. Y'all stay safe.